pleasure maneuvers now commence with Cigar Dave's International Litation Ceremony, presented by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, introducing the Gurkha Trenta. Commemorating 30 years of cigar excellence, the Gurkha Trenta is everything you'd expect from a Gurkha. Exquisite construction, exquisite flavor, exquisite pleasure. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. Here's the general with today's cigar selection. October has officially arrived, and that means one thing, both on the Cigar Dave Show podcast and our brother podcast, the Bold Alpha podcast. It means we celebrate Oktoberfest, Cigar Oktoberfest. And in fact, I'm going to talk like I am from Deutschland as we celebrate Oktoberfest. Yeah, we'll have some brewski, we'll have some cigarin, we'll enjoy ourselves, we'll have some nice bodacious dames showing massive amounts of cleavage as they give us beer in the stein. Now I'm starting to talk like Arnold Schwarzenegger, things of this nature and that nature. It's fantastic, you know. But one of my favorite times of the year, why? Because the humidity in the cigar city of Tampa starts to break. October, we're in football season. End of the year, get ready for Thanksgiving and the holidays. And we get to enjoy fantastic beer. Coming off of National Bourbon Heritage Month, where we celebrate all whiskeys that are American. And I've selected a special brewski today that will accompany a cigar that I've selected. And we talked about Gurkha, or Voice Talent Ed spoke about Gurkha Trenta at the beginning of today's Cigar Dave Show Litation Podcast. And I have just selected, ironically, a Gurkha Havana. Uh, let me say that one more time. And I even have—I have not even had the beer yet. The Gurkha Havana Legend, an original blend that Gurkha created in 1999 under the Gurkha Legend series. They brought it back last year. Medium-bodied cigar, lovely, creamy, nutty, earthy flavors. Perfect any time of day cigar. And it goes beautifully with a lager, with an ale, with a stout. And when you are going to enjoy a cigar, you need to select a cigar that will pair nicely with your libation of choice. And my libation of choice today will come from Blue Moon Brewing Company. So today's litation cigar, the Gurkha Havana Legend, Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. Dominican binder, Nicaraguan filler. It is rolled in Honduras. It comes in four sizes, and I've selected the Toro. Six inches in length with a 50 ring gauge. You're looking about seven, seven and a half dollars suggested retail price. A beautiful cigar that I cannot wait to get my alpha chompers on. And by the way, I forgot to extend my long ash greetings and salutations. And a long ash salute. Semper delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. I am, of course, the presenter of the Cigar Dave Show podcast. That would be me, Cigar Dave. My preferred pronouns are Global Five Star General and Alpha Male in Chief. Cigar altering and highly sharpened leaf exposing device. Sergeant Steve, did you think I was going to say my preferred pronouns are he, him? Uh, negative. Okay, good. Because now I'm getting these emails. I don't know if you've noticed this, Sergeant Steve. When you get emails from people that work for companies, you know, whether they're Fortune 500 companies or those companies that try to be very woke and politically correct, people sign their name. John Jones, Director of Marketing, and then in parentheses, he, him or she, shing, or whatever the hell those other pronouns are. Have you noticed any of those emails that you've seen on the bottom, their name, it has their preferred pronouns? I have. It's repulsive. Now, the only pronouns I've seen are either he, him, or she, her. I haven't seen, what are some of these other ones? Like, she, shang, and there, there's, there's a whole bunch of other cockamamie pronouns that I've never even heard of that I don't even know how to pronounce. But I can tell you, there's only two pronouns for me. That is General, Alpha Male in Chief. Now, my cutter today, self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel cutter. This will work beautifully on my Gurkha Havana Legend Toro. Man, man, man. 
back. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. From the Cigar Dave R&D Laboratories, I've got the torch. Because this looks like a welder's torch. Take a listen to this thing. I mean, this, the flame flies about 12 inches on this thing. I've got to back it down. Big tank. You almost need some special goggles to protect you from any flames and uh, residual type of uh, a flame that may come out or sparks that may come out from lighting the cigar. But that's what I will use today. Cigar, cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. I just cut it above the shoulder. I don't want to take too much off. That's a mistake that many newbie connoisseurs make where they think you have to take the entire top of the cigar off. If you look at a cigar, if you are a cigar virgin, a cigar neophyte, a beginner, a newbie, look at the cigar. Hold a cigar in front of you and look at the head of the cigar. You will notice that towards the head of the cigar, maybe a quarter of an inch up, it starts to turn in when it becomes the rounded head. Where it starts to turn in and curve, that is known as the shoulder. You want to cut it just above the shoulder. That will allow you to get plenty of the filler leaf exposed, number one. Number two, if you cut it too low, you could expose too much, take too much of the cap off. And third, the wrapper may start unraveling. You do not want that to take place. So just above the shoulders, the rounded shoulders, is where we go ahead and place the cut. Now. Let me toast the foot of this beautiful cigar, this Havana Legend. Again, originally launched in 1999, taken off the market, I think a year or two ago, it was brought back out. Nice price point for the cigar in the $7, $7, category. Four different sizes, a Robusto Corto 4.5 by 48, a Robusto 5 by 54, the Toro 6 by 50, and the XO, a Magnum size. Six inches in length with a 60 ring gauge, or 60, 64 of an inch in diameter, almost a full inch. All right, as I puff and rotate now on this Gurkha Havana Legend Toro, nice band, by the way, just nice Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, almost like a Colorado color. Great mm. draw. Mm. Very smooth. Take a few puffs here. Let me blow out one puff. Let it sit. I blow on the foot of the cigar. Perfect, even amber glow. We never rush when we conduct litation maneuvers. Why rush? This is one of the most sensual aspects of being a cigar connoisseur. When you light, you get those first few puffs, the first wafts of aroma of the smoke that engulfs you. It is a heavenly, sensual experience. Mm. Definitely nice notes. Almost a creamy nuttiness, if you will. Medium bodied. Scale of 1 to 10. It's in the 5 category, 5, 6. And it's going to pair beautifully with my libation selection as we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, I have just selected from Blue Moon Brewery the Blue Moon Harvest Pumpkin Wheat. This is brewed with real pumpkin. It's the time of year, autumn, fall, pumpkin spice. You can almost smell the change of seasons in the air. Nice harvest spices, some cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, allspice. Perfect pairing with my Gurkha Havana Legend. On the alcohol by volume, it is 5.7% IBUs or International Bitterness Units. 16, very low. So I'm not going to get a lot of hoppiness. Not, even though it is a pumpkin wheat ale, I'm still not going to get a ton of hoppiness on the palate. So let's go ahead and open this bad boy up. Good. Let's start pouring. Now, as I look at this, this is a very deep amber gold. Very, almost notes of 
almost a deep honey color. Wow, the aroma, incredible. Definitely getting the cinnamon, the clove, a little bit of the pumpkin. Let me say cheers. Mm. Mm. Oh, that is so smooth. That is fabulous. Wow. No bite whatsoever. Again, on the IBU scale, if you're talking about an, a beer with an IBU in the 30 range, 35, you're talking about a very hoppy beer. You're going to get a lot of that hoppy tartness on the sides and back of the tongue. Nothing here. This has got nice notes of pumpkin, cinnamon, clove, allspice, nutmeg, just very pleasant, smooth, doesn't over my powers, overpower my cigar, and vice versa. Mm-mm-mm. And this comes out seasonally. Interesting story behind Blue Moon. Mm. Ah. After earning a PhD in brewing from the University of Brussels, Blue Moon founder Keith Villa returned to the United States and he wanted to craft beers inspired by Belgian styles. They use a lot of wheat in the Belgian styles, but he wanted to do so with a refreshing twist. So among the many beers that they created, he noticed one, he was at Coors Sandlot Brewery, uh, the Sandlot Brewery at Coors Field in Denver at the beginning of the 1995 baseball season, and there was a beer that called Belly Slide Wit that he enjoyed, and somebody told him when he tasted it, said, hey, a beer like this, a good beer like this only comes around once in a blue moon. So... Blue Moon Belgian Wheat, Belgian Wheat Ale was born. But they put a little orange peel in that. They want some subtle sweetness. And so when you talk about Blue Moon, most of their beers have that unique citrusy type of taste. They are now available across the country. Now, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, let me just take a look at this. I believe they were acquired... I'd be wrong, but I believe they were acquired by a larger company, and I am correct. They were acquired by Miller Coors. So, very interesting. Mm. Very, very pleasant. Take a little more sips here. Mm. Oh, my goodness, this is so good. Take some more. Now, let's talk about some of their other beers that you can be on the lookout for because they have a ton of beers in the past, but the currently available beers right now, they have a Blue Moon Mango Wheat, a Blue Moon Moon Haze, which is a hazy, juicy pale ale, and they have a citrus wheat called Blue Moon Light Sky. But again, they do come out with, on a seasonal basis, their Harvest Pumpkin Ale. Very, very nice. Some of their past beers include gingerbread spiced ale, cappuccino oatmeal stout, caramel apple spiced ale, coconut or cocoa brown ale. Some of these you want to eat. Peanut butter ale. I love this one. It's called Pine in the Neck. You know you're going to get a little piney flavor on that. But they have come out with some very unique expressions since 1995 when they were created. Let me take another sip here. Mm. Now, the entire month of October, we will be celebrating Cigar Oktoberfest both on the Cigar Dave Show podcast and on our brother Bold Alpha podcast. Every Saturday on the Bold Alpha podcast, we feature our weekly spirits celebration selections. And tomorrow, we will enjoy a very special beer to commemorate my Buffalo Bills, who destroyed... The Washington Redskins last Sunday, 43-21. They play the Houston Texans Sunday. Sergeant Steve, by the way, congratulations. Your Bengals pulled it out last night against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, Joe Burrow owns Trevor Lawrence. Mm. Only twice in Trevor Lawrence's career is he led by double digits and lost, both to Joe Burrow. I feel so badly. I didn't know that fact. That's number one. But number two, but I, I, I do remember, that's right, in the LSU-Clemson national title game that we're behind. But don't you feel so badly for Urban Meyer? 
I mean, Sergeant Steve, I know that you are a big Urban Meyer Ohio State fan. Are you not? Uh, No. Although he did graduate from the University of Cincinnati. He did? Yes. Your alma mater? Yes. Now, you're one of the only Ohioans that is a Michigan fan. I wouldn't say one of the only ones, no. But they're in the minority. You're in the big minority. I mean, most... Most Ohio State fans won't even buy gas in Michigan. I grew up in Northwest Ohio, so I was about halfway between Ann Arbor and Columbus. So it was probably yeah. 70-30 split where I, okay. where I grew up. Well, Urban Meyer, I, do you think he's going to make it the whole year? I think he'll make it the year, but I don't see him coming back after year two. Going 0-17 could be tough. Well, he does get to play the Texans again. Well, hey, Texans, you never know. Yeah. Texans, look, we play the Texans on Sunday, the Bills. I don't take them lightly. We play them at home. I think the Bills should win. We're 17-point favorites, but I never – you have to take every team. This is the National Football League. Anything can happen on any given Sunday. Mm. Now, as I enjoy this magnificent Gurkha Havana legend and take another sip of my Blue Moon Harvest Pumpkin Ale, let me remind you that on Bold Alpha, the entire month of October, every Saturday for our weekly spirit celebration, we will be featuring different a different beer every week. And the last week of the month, last Saturday of the month, we will feature a complete beer tasting. By the way, Sergeant Steve, I forgot to mention to you that I had lunch at Ulele this week. Our good buddy Tim Shackton, the head brewmaster, has agreed to join us once again for our annual Cigar Oktoberfest beer tasting maneuvers on Bold Alpha. Fantastic. Yes, so he's got some beers that he'll bring, some very unique uh, samples he gave me, and then there's going to be some beers I'll bring. If you'd like to bring a few, Sergeant Steve, I don't know if you're a big beer drinker or not, but uh, on, during Oktoberfest, you got to have a little bit of beer. There's Absolutely. No Absolutely. No. Let me say this. Talking about beer, talking about cigars, talking about two very vibrant industries right now. I mean, the craft beer industry is just booming, but so is the cigar industry. Here is what is interesting. Last year in 2020, a huge year for cigar imports into the United States. 361 million cigars imported in 2020. One of the best years in decades. It tied for 2018 as one of the top years. And what's happening now is because people have worked from home during the Wuhan virus pandemic, many people work from home. They can work in their man caves. They can work outside on their patios. I've talked to three, four different people I know that have said, hey, I I either work from my basement man cave with my computer, my phone, with my cigars, with my libation, or outside. So people are enjoying more cigars, more opportunity to enjoy cigars. So what happened in 2020? Connoisseurs started buying more cigars. And what's happening in 2021? They're buying even more cigars. So think about this. Cigar imports were up in 2020. And in December alone, a 71% gain in shipments. In 2021, year to date, first six months, cigar shipments to the United States up more than 60%. Up 63.3% for the first six months of the year, up to 210 million cigars. June alone, up 29%. Three major countries that produce cigars in the world in which can can export to the United States. Honduras, Nicaragua, the Dominican Republic. Nicaragua shipments rose in the month of June. Just give you an example to give you a breakout. Nicaraguan shipments rose 26% over the same month in 2020. 19.7 million cigars. The Dominican Republic, which used to be the number one cigar manufacturing country primarily in the world, their imports or exports rose 31.4% to the United States to 11.3 million cigars, and Honduras up 33 and a third percent to 7.6 million cigars. 
Now, here's what is taking place with the current state of cigars. There are supply chain issues that are affecting cigar manufacturers every step of the way. I've spoken to numerous cigar manufacturers, and they're all singing the same tune. Number one, we can get raw materials. We can get the tobacco. We have tobaccos. We, we, we're making cigars, but we're starting to lose rollers. Why? Many of the rollers in Honduras and Nicaragua are hearing that the American border is open, and let's face it, it is. It's a sieve. And they have all stated to the manufacturers, I heard Biden is opening up the border. We're taking our, our savings of $5,000, $10,000, whatever we have, and we're going to buy our way to get to the U.S. border, and we're going to cross. I've talked to several manufacturers that's saying they're losing, on average, four or five rollers a day, and every manufacturer is saying the same thing starting to stabilize a bit, but they believe that they can, they, they see the video, they see everybody swarming the border. They want to join in. And let's face it, our southern border is a sieve. It is a joke. The border security under the brainless Biden regime is a farce. And when I hear Jen Pasaki, I know her name is Saki, but I call her Pasaki. When I hear Copper Top, Jen Pasaki, Say, no, everything is fine in the southern border. Everything is good. No, no, we're closing everything. And how about that Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security, or was it Alexander Mayorkas? This guy's a schmuck. I mean, basically saying we're letting all these Haitians come in, those 15,000 Haitians, not vaccinated, not tested, but we're just releasing them into the country, and they have to show up for a hearing in the next year or so. You think they're going to show up? How stupid are these Democrats and the Biden regime flunkies? Stupid. Mm. So that's number one. Number two, another issue they're facing, box shortages. And then when the boxes do arrive, they don't have cigar bands or labels. So everywhere along the line, it is being affected. Now, many of the cigar manufacturers and accessory manufacturers are purchasing product from the Orient. China! Used to cost $4,000 to ship a loaded container by boat, landed in the United States, from China to the United States. Four grand. It is now 20000 Instead of taking a month, it's taking three, four months. Why 4000 to 20000 Well, number one, the Chinese Communist Party are gouging everybody. Number two, because the United States doesn't have as many exports, many of these containers, the way it would work is China would ship containers, and then an American manufacturer would fill the containers and send them back. That's how they, it works. goes both ways. Now it's primarily one way. There's nothing to fill up that container. So they're saying, okay, if we have to send that container back empty and plus inflation and everything else, you're going to pay for it. $20,000 from four. That is going to affect cigar prices. But we are seeing a very robust demand. We're looking at demand now almost back to the boom in the 1990s. I started the forerunner to the Cigar Dave show, Smoke This, July of 1995. We were just starting to enter the cigar boom. The boom really started to hit around 93, 94, but 95 was really when it started to get into overdrive. 97, it was on fire. And then 99, 2000, that's when things simmered down. But we are looking at demand today, similar to what we're seeing back in the mid-1990s. Numbers that are rivaling the 1990s, boom, that is absolutely incredible. Talked to several manufacturers. They said last year they were up 60 70%. This year they're up 30 40%. They said their problem, they can't make enough cigars. Two cigar manufacturers, both medium-sized manufacturers, told me, one told me they were about 7.5 million cigars back-ordered. Another one told me they were 4 million cigars back-ordered. Those are huge numbers. But the good thing, even though they're back-ordered, because there are many more manufacturers available today than during the cigar boom, and because all the manufacturers 
have realized they have to stock up on raw material. They have to stock up on aged tobacco. They've been growing tobacco, great tobacco, aging it, letting it sit, letting it rest. They're prepared for this boom. Whereas in mid-1995, 96, 97, manufacturers were caught by surprise. They didn't have the raw materials. They didn't have the raw tobacco. They didn't have the wrap relief. You can't just grow it and then put it on a cigar three months later, although some unscrupulous manufacturers who are no longer around did that in the cigar boom. They're gone, long gone. The ones that said, nope, if we can only make 2 million cigars, that's what we'll make, but we're going to let it sit. We're going to let those age properly, let the tobacco age. Those are the manufacturers that are still around today. It will be very interesting to watch over the next six months what happens in terms of two things, actually three things. Number one, supply issues. Number two, pricing. Will we see price increases? And number three, potential taxation from the government. As you know, we talked about it with Glenn Loop from the Premium Cigar Association about a week or two ago. We spoke and he stated that there is now a bill in front of the Senate and a companion bill in the House that would equalize the tax rates on other tobacco products, including cigars and pipe tobacco with cigarettes. If that is the case, we would see a 1,600% increase in the cigar excise, federal excise tax rate. They are working 24-7 to make sure that gets scratched and gets nixed. But you know, once the federal government, once the enemies of pleasure, the pleasure police knock on your door, they're not going to stop until they break it down. And that's what we're seeing between the FDA, between Dick Durbin and all the other taxocrats. They want to tax industries out of business. And we know the higher you tax a product, the less consumption. It is a terrible tax on many fronts. It's an unsustainable tax. The good news is there are senators and congressmen and women that are paying attention. But of course, these zealots like the Dick Durbins and the Dick Blumenthal's. Did you know that did you ever notice that basically the two biggest dicks that are in the Senate are named Dick? Who would have thought? Dick Blumenthal and Dick Durbin. Perfect names for those two dicks. I mean, you can't make it up. They're the enemies of cigars, the enemies of pleasure. They want to basically tax cigars out of business. And then when they do, they'll complain saying, well, we have to get our revenue somewhere else. It always amazes me that the legislators that sit in Washington, most of them have never made a payroll in their lives. They've never employed someone. They've never had to put their payroll or their, their payroll taxes, take a credit card advance. They've never done anything except be a government employee. I think that's probably the lowest form of life on the planet, being a government employee. It really is. You're a bureaucrat. You're at the public trough. You just sit there basically and get your check, watch the clock wind down until you can hit 60 or 65, get your 30 years in, and get your full retirement pension. It is kind of pathetic. But that's exactly what they do. And I just saw that the senator from Iowa who has been in the Senate, I want to say, Jesus, 40-some-odd years, something like that, Chuck Grassley. I mean, Grassley, I think, was first elected in 19—I'm trying to think when the hell he was first elected. I'll tell you exactly when he was—let's see here. Here's his biography. Let me pull this up. He was born September 17, 1933, so he is 88 years of age. And he has just announced he is going to run next year for another six-year term. So he'll be 89. That'll take him till 95. Now, I'm not debating whether or not he's been for Iowa. Iowans tend to like him. He's traveled every part of the state, been there forever. He was first elected to the Iowa State Legislature in 1958. 
served there until he won the House of Representatives seat from one of the seats in Iowa in 1974. And in 1980, he was elected to the Senate. So he has been an elected official on the, on the government dole since 1958. 63 years. Our founding forefathers intended that our elected officials would serve for a term, two terms, and then go back to private industry, back to the private sector. Nope. Good old Chuck Grassley. And there were many before him, not just him. We saw that there was Strom Thurmond from South Carolina. Was he North uh, South Carolina? Strom Thurmond from South Carolina. And you also had Robert Seabird from West by God, Virginia, who also was there forever. These guys sit there and basically collect their paycheck from the public trough for years and years and years. Why? Because they can't do anything else. And it's a great gig. You get your great pension. You get rich while you're in office. But I'm sorry. Chuck Grassley, he may be the most pro-cigar guy there is. I don't even know. Maybe a, one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet. But I'm sorry. At 89 next year, it's time to say goodbye. It's time to let newer blood come in with newer ideas. Not that he's a bad guy, not that he's incompetent, but I'm sorry. Do you really need somebody 60-some-odd years to be a public official? Now, I know what people will say. Well, they can always elect him out. Well, let's face it. When you're an incumbent, you have many perks. There's no ifs, ands, or buts, especially in the House and on the Senate side. But it's time. It is time. But what I have seen are so many of these legislators that have no idea what private business goes through. They're, they're, they basically look at private entrepreneurs and private industry as the enemy. Let's tax them. Let's regulate them. Let's make their lives a living hell. And I can tell you that the bureaucrats at the FDA have done exactly that to the cigar manufacturers and all those associated with the cigar industry for the last 10, 12 years, if not more. It's gotten out of hand. The Democrats, the Democrat socialists, the Marxists, they believe that businesses and people can be taxed almost at 100% and that basically people and companies should work for the government and that we'll just give you a little commission. The government will be kind to you and allow you to make 10, 20 cents on the dollar. It is absurd. We're seeing it with the multi-trillion dollar tax bill or, or, or a, a human infrastructure bill. I love the term human infrastructure. Three and a half trillion dollars. In reality, it's a six trillion dollar bill. And I love when Biden and Pelosi said, no, it costs nothing to anybody. It's, there's no cost to it. Really? Sergeant Steve, did you, were you aware that money now grows on tree in 2021? Did you know that? My kids seem to think that. We all did growing up, and then our parents said, money does not grow on trees. And then they take you to where all the trees are, and they say, now find the dollar bills or the 20s that are hanging on there, and you can't find it. And you say, ah, money doesn't grow on trees. But in government, it grows on trees. Why? Because they just print more, and then they tax more. You could tax everybody at 100%, and it still wouldn't pay for the deficits every year. It is that out of hand. So... As far as I'm concerned, what is taking place now that we are seeing not only in the cigar industry, where we're seeing proposed legislation, we're seeing supply chain issues, we're seeing possible increased taxation, inflation. Inflation is affecting everybody, whether it's the price of a gallon of gas, the cost of meat. I was just saying this. Uh, I, I can't remember if I said this. I think I said this on the Bold Alpha podcast a couple of days ago. I used to pay a buck sixty-nine a pound at Costco for USDA Prime full packer brisket. What do I pay today? Four sixty-nine. It's gone up what two hundred and twenty percent, two hundred fifty percent in seven months. It's ridiculous. When I went to pick up some ribs, Sergeant Steve, I don't know what was the last time you picked up some. Some ribs, whether they are uh, baby backs or or uh, 
St. Louis style ribs? Uh, my wife's done the last couple times, so it's been a while since I've done it. Okay. Did she say anything about the increase in price? Yes. All Gone meat. up dramatically. Yeah, all meat. You, all meat. But it used to be like a buck sixty nine or dollar ninety nine a pound for ribs. Sounds about right. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now I think they're three eighty nine a pound. So when I was at Costco in mid early August before I departed the Cigar City to escape the heat, I stopped at the at Costco and I was looking for several slabs of ribs. I was going to smoke them and bring them up with me on my travels. Well. I look around in the case where it normally is. They used to have this giant case with from Swift that had baby backs, and they come in three packs. Big racks of either baby back ribs or the St. Louis, or you can get the full style, the full size ribs, the spare ribs. I'm looking and I'm looking. I don't see it. I'm like, that's odd. So I see one of the butchers. I said, excuse me, do you no longer carry ribs? He said, no, no, we carry them, but we move them. They're over right in front, you know, next to where the chickens are. You know, they, they're rotisserie chickens that they, they display. And I said, oh, why'd you move them? It's a smaller case. He said, have you seen the price of ribs lately? I said, no. He said, when you see the price of ribs, you'll know why. Less demand. People have cut back. Ribs were always relatively reasonably priced, inexpensive per se. So I go, look, and I'm looking at ribs that are now... They used to pay three a buck sixty nine, a buck eighty nine a pound. They're now three sixty nine, three eighty nine, and just as I'm looking at these, a butcher comes out with about thirty packages of these three packs of ribs, and he lays them down. I said, "Oh, maybe I'll get a, you know a couple of the fresher packs instead of the ones that were put out yesterday, the day before." Price was four twenty nine a pound. I went to the butcher. I go, "Wait a minute, did they make a mistake?" I said, these are from yesterday, and these are like $369 or $389. He said, price increased. It's not a mistake. He said, every time we're putting these out, we're, prices are going up $0.10, cents, $0.20, cents, $0.40, cents, $0.50. Cents. He said, that's why we're in the, these ribs are in this much smaller case. We're not selling as many. It is not sustainable. It's not sustainable for the cigar industry. It's not sustainable for Americans that, that put food on the table, gas in the car. Inflation is a hidden, insidiary tax. Many people don't look at it that way. But think about this for a second. The cost of food in a year and cost of gas has gone up 50, 60%. That's a tax. That's a tax, and it's also a reduction in your essential take-home pay. Because if you used to spend X... You know, you got, let's say, your salary, your paycheck. Hypothetically, let's just say your paycheck's $1,000. Okay, and after taxes, you're at $650. You say, okay, $650, great. And I spend every week $100 on, on groceries, $50 on gas. Well, all of a sudden, if $100 now goes up to $150 and gas goes up to $75, $75, you've got another $75 a week that is coming out of your paycheck. That is a tax. And then we have the head of the Fed, Jerome Powell, three months ago saying, well, we think, in front of testimony in Congress, he says, this is just temporary inflation. This is transient inflation. They always come up with fancy words. It's transient inflation. And I said, I've never heard of transient inflation. I've heard of transient people that live somewhere and then move quickly. Transient inflation... And his definition is because it's just here for a short time that it's going to leave. And I said, what is this guy smoking? This guy is blatantly lying. Inflation isn't going anywhere. You've got a labor shortage, increased wages. To attract anybody now, you have to, you have to pay 20 bucks an hour minimum. Forget a $15 minimum wage. You can't get truckers. You, you've got... All sorts of prices going up. Price to fuel has gone up in seven months. That affects everything. And yet he has the audacity to say, well, inflation is going to be transient at 5%. What on earth are they, what products are they comparing to come up with a 5% figure? They're in fairy, fairy tale land. They're in fantasy land. They're in fantasy island. The plane, the plane, the transient inflation. 5% is a joke. Go to fill up your, your car with gas. Paid a buck eighty, a buck ninety when Trump 
President Trump left office. Ted, I just saw it. It was 305. All right, that's 50% plus percent increase. How is that 5%? Food prices, meat, bread, milk. I said, I always say, you could take, and the way, by the way, the Fed figures these things, well, they don't take fuel into account. They don't take food into account. I don't know what they take into account. But all I can tell you is, if you want a real gauge of inflation, five products. That's all you need. Five products. Simple. Here are the different products you need. Gallon of gas, how much you pay for a kilowatt hour of energy to heat your, to light your home and so on. Pick any meat. I don't care if it's a New York strip steak, if it is a ribeye, sirloin, pick whatever, peat, uh, whatever meat you want. Use that and compare it on a monthly basis. A dozen eggs or a carton of eggs, whatever they, whether it's a dozen, 18, whatever you, a number you want to use. And then a loaf of bread. That's all you need. You got the essentials. Fuel, electricity, and you got three types of food. What else is there? I mean, you can say, well, clothes, but I mean, let's face it. What are the essentials you need? You're going to need gas to get to work, to, to drive your kids to school, to go shopping. And you need food. Five items. I guarantee you the five items I just mentioned, I will guarantee you the average is probably up on all five of those items, 70% in the first six, seven months of this year. That's transient inflation? No, that's here to stay. 5%? No, that's not 5%. Way more than 5%. And then Jerome Powell says, well, we don't need to increase interest rates, maybe in 2022. Let me tell you exactly what is happening in this economy. And I realize that I have diverted, I have deviated from what I was talking about. But the one thing about cigar connoisseurs and alphas, we're educated. We are smart. We, are, we have loads of common sense. We talk in facts, not in fiction, unlike the taxocrats and the libs and the socialists and the Marxists. So here is fact. Indisputable fact. The economy with this inflation rate, will slow down. You'll get a stagnant economy. It will not grow. Then we have massive inflation. When you combine the two, you have stagflation, or what I call bi-stagflation, because it's Biden and the Biden regime that has accelerated this along with the Fed. So you have stagflation. So how do you get out of stagflation? Well, stagnant economy is a problem. Normally, you'd lower interest rates. But if you lower interest rates, you've got massive inflation. You're going to continue it. You can't have 100, 200, 1,000% inflation. Look at all these communist and socialist countries. That's what killed them. What you must do is raise interest rates. Now, when you raise interest rates, businesses will stop expanding, stop buying or, or, or doing using capital for capital expenses, additions, new equipment. When you raise interest rates, the stock market will go down and you will see housing prices go down and you will see housing demand go down because people will not buy. They'll say, hey, okay, at you know 2% mortgage, 3%, great. But now at a 6%, 8% mortgage, forget it. People forget I remember back when President Reagan took office after Carter, the Fed had to get in, and we had 23% interest rates. Mortgages were, I talked to somebody who told me this week, his first mortgage in like 19, what did he tell me? It was like 1981 was, I think he told me like 19.5% interest rate. I mean, today people complain about a 3% interest rate, but the Fed under Bernanke, and Yellen, and now with Powell, what they have done is essentially created an economy on crack, the crack of low interest rates. And this country will be screwed. Because every time the market starts to drop, what does the Fed want to do? They want to go in and they want to buy stocks, and they want to go in and buy bonds. They want to keep the, house, the stock market up. They want to keep the housing market up. They want everything to go great. And now you've got Jerome Powell, who is up for renomination next year. He wants Biden to renominate him. So he wants to keep, he doesn't want to raise interest rates. But what will happen? There will be no choice. And the Fed is always behind the eight ball.
Instead of raising interest rates this second, this month, and say we're going to cool things, we're going to raise interest rates a half point. And we'll look at it again in another 30 days. If we have to raise it, we'll do it again to cool things. They're not doing it. They're going to let this economy get so overheated with such massive inflation that the only way out will be massive interest rate increases. 3% isn't going to do it. 6% isn't going to do it. They're going to have to choke the economy to kill inflation. And then when they do that, Forget a stagnant economy, then we will go into recession. Recession is not a bad thing. I'm looking forward to a recession. I'm looking forward to breaking inflation. No pain, no gain. And if those of you are smart enough, you will be able to capitalize. Because I'm telling you, when everybody else is running and hiding, saying, oh my God, the market is tanked and this is terrible and interest rates are rising, you will be ready to pounce. You will find that the cost of lumber will go down, the cost of building materials will go down, the cost of meat will go down, everything will go, go start going back to normal. Maybe not to what it was, but remember, for the last, what, 10 years, we had, what, 1.5% inflation a year? In seven months, we're looking at easily 50%, 60%. Forget this 5% bullshit number they're giving you. And even if you say, okay, I take their 5%, We've been averaging to their numbers 1.5%, 1 to 1.5% a year for the last 10 years. So even according to their numbers, inflation is up 300% or 250%. Their own numbers. So I realize I got on a tangent, but it affects everybody. It affects you putting meat on the grill. It's going to affect the cost of your cigar. It's affecting the cost of your spirits. We're seeing shortages already. I talked to a, a distiller this week. He told me, he said, look, I got plenty of spirits, vodka, whiskey, gin. The problem is I don't have bottles. And then when I get the bottles, I don't have corks. And then when I have corks and bottles, I don't have my labels. Told me an interesting story. He said he received a shipment of like 20,000 bottles. The bottle was not made correctly. They didn't manufacture it to their specs. They called the bottle company back and said, look, this isn't right. you gotta, you got to take these back and send us the correct bottles. They said, fine, we'll take them back. We can't get you bottles until March of 2022. You know what the distiller said? We'll keep them. We'll change the label. We'll figure out a way. Easier to change the label than have to wait six months or so to get bottles. This is the craziness that is going on at every business. It's going to get worse until the Fed wakes up and says, we need to put a stop to this. We have to raise interest rates. The market's been down the last week. It is only the beginning. Mark my words. Sergeant Steve, please mark down. October 1st, we're recording this at 104 Eastern Time. In the afternoon, 104 p.m. Eastern Time. To be specific, it's now 104, 14 p.m. Eastern Time. Mark when I said it. Inflation going to get far, far worse. And the stock market is going to tank because they will have no choice but to increase interest rates. And then everybody will get spooked because once the market goes down 10%, 15%, herd mentality. Get me out. Get whatever I can. And when you start selling, selling begets selling. And then all of a sudden, we'll look around. It'll be down 30%, 35%. And everybody will say, nope, I'm not going in. That's the time you want to go in. When it levels down and everybody's afraid to get in, that's where the big money is always made. Take it to the bank. One last reminder, one last item. Those of you that are members of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, our September 2021 selection featuring the La Gloria Cubana Medio Tiempo Cigars shipped yesterday and today. Just like everyone else is having supply chain issues, so are we with the cigar manufacturers that we work with. So they had issues getting the cigars. They were properly aged, but getting them from... Central America took a little bit of time, and then getting them out of customs took some time. So they did get them this week. They're boxed up. They started going out yesterday. Final shipments go out today. 
The La Gloria Cubana Medio Tiempo is a very unique cigar. It uses a, Cuba, a Cubano or a, a Medio Tiempo Connecticut Havano leaf that sits at the very top of the plant. So it's enriched with the most direct sunlight. Gets the most flavor, the most richness, nice darker looking leaf. And that adds a very unique taste to the cigar. It's a medium to full body gem, the La Gloria Cubana Medio Tiempo. You will note, you'll discover notes of cream, cedar, spice, cocoa, cinnamon, subtle heats, uh, hints of sweetness. Uses an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, USA broadleaf Connecticut binder, and the filler is from the USA, Honduras, Nicaragua, Dominican Republic. So it's a nice five country blend of fantastic cigar tobaccos. If you are not a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, go to CigarDave.com right now, click on Officers Club, all the details there. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. You will enjoy fabulous cigars. You will enjoy premium cigars shipped to you in a reusable Cigar Dave Officers Club Ziploc pouch. We'll make the announcement next week about our October selection. But I will tell you that just like every manufacturer and everybody is being affected by inflation, we are too. Postage rates just went up again. We have not had a rate increase, I think, in, I want to say, seven years, maybe eight years. We're going to go to $24.95 per month January 1. We have no choice. So we're going to go from $22.95 to $24.95 per month, but you're still getting an exceptional value. As an example, our August 2021 selection featuring the Casa Torano, uh, correction, I always say the Casa Torrent, Casa Torrent, the Casa Torrent, Casa Torrent 1880s. You didn't, you didn't get three cigars. We gave you all four in the line, 75 bucks worth of cigars, $22.95 per month. So even if we raise it to $24.95 per month, which is going to happen January 1, you're still getting a great deal, three premium sh cigars shipped to you each and every month. Go to CigarDave.com right now, click on Officers Club, join. You will enjoy great selections such as the September 2021 selection featuring the La Gloria Cubana Medio Tiempo. Reminder, one more time, it is going out. Uh, they went out yesterday, half went out yesterday, the other half going out today. We appreciate your patience. As always, Cigar Dave the General saying, may your humidor always be full. May your cutter always be sharp. May your ash be extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Screw inflation. Cheers as we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest. <laughs>